listening to the weekly podcast of Fellowship Bible Church of Paragool. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.fellowshipparagool.com. Enjoying who God is and what He has been doing. Um, I want you to do me a favor. Hey guys, listen up, okay? <laughs> um, it's just like the beginning. So I'm trying to talk and you guys got something to say. And uh, um, I want you to do me a favor. Let's put on our uh, imagination caps for a second, okay? Um, and pretend with me for one moment that you have no previous knowledge of what church is. Uh, you've never seen a church, you've never heard of church, or your family didn't raise you in church. Uh, uh, let's just pretend, okay, for one moment. And imagine you're walking in the woods. I don't know why the woods, but imagine you're walking in the woods and you discover this Bible. And you've never read this book before. And you begin to read it from cover to cover and you begin to actually believe every word and every page. And the question I want to ask you this morning is, after reading this Bible, when you come to the end of it, what kind of church would you plant? What kind of church would you start? This is the question that we wrestled with when we started Fellowship Bible Church. Um, before we do anything else, we said, you know what we need to do? We need to go to God's Word. We need to start with the Bible and let it be our guide. Because otherwise, if we don't, we're going to start a church that we want rather than planting a church that Jesus would want. It would be almost kind of like us making a big bowl of spaghetti that looks really good and smells really good and then giving it to God and saying, here you go. And he says, hey, it looks good and it smells good, but I ordered steak. And this isn't at all what I, what I asked for the church. And so we said, you know, we want to ensure that whenever we plant, that we're planting the church that Jesus wants us to plant. So we said, let's start with the Bible and let's draw a picture of what that church looks like. And what we discovered is when we begin to dive into the scripture, there are three things specifically that jumped out to us. And one of them is whenever you looked at the very first church, it was a people that lived like family. They didn't just show up on Sundays and then say, hey, let's go live our very separate lives and then I'll see you again next week. There are people that, that, that met in their homes. They ate meals together. They, 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 they shared life with one another. They, they would meet each other's needs. They would take communion together. They'd worship Jesus. Right? They really believed that they were once enemies of God, but now they've been made children of God by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so they loved each other as brothers and sisters in the faith, no matter what the background or how diverse they may be. Another thing we noticed is that not only do they live like family, but there are people who really believe now they are missionaries. They believe that they are ones that who receive the Spirit of God are to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. Uh, they really believe that Jesus had accomplished everything they needed for life and salvation. They believe that Jesus came and lived a perfect life they could never live, meeting the righteous requirement of God and that He died a death in their place, taking on the wrath of God that they deserved. And then He didn't just stay dead, but He rose from the dead, conquering sin, conquering death, and conquering hell. Amen? They believe that Jesus is alive, that he is the best news that any city needs. And so they would go and they would proclaim Jesus with their mouths. Even when other people would say, shut up, stop talking about him, we're going to kill you. They would say, do what you want with us, but we can't help but talk about what's true. Jesus is our king, he's alive, and we're going to submit to him as the Lord of our lives. Right? They were missionaries, passionately proclaiming the gospel. And then we also see that they were a group of people that lived as servants. They didn't just proclaim the gospel with their mouths, but they, 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 they demonstrated the gospel with their hands. They would serve each other, yes, but they would also serve others in the city. 
They were a people that, that, that made the city better. They would heal folks, right? They, they would feed people. They would, they would mingle with the least of these. They really believed that Jesus had met their greatest need, and now they wanted to show a picture of the kingdom by serving others and making the kingdom tangible as living as servants. And they did all this for the purpose of making disciples who make disciples. The one thing that Jesus had left for the church to do so that his glory would spread throughout the nations. Another thing that we noticed whenever we looked at this church is how the leadership structure was different from, from what we had often seen in the church. And we noticed how the pastors actually weren't paid as hired hands to do all the work of the ministry, but the church believed that they were all disciples, that they were all ministers. And so they would pay these pastors, these leaders, to equip them for the work of the ministry. And that's something that we said we wanted to do from the beginning is equip you for your world or show you how the gospel doesn't just impact your life in a church building, but impacts your entire life, your parenting, when you're in the factory, in schools, wherever that you are. We began to read about this church and we would say, man, this is a church we want to be a part of, the church we see in the scripture. And so we said from the very beginning, let's, rather than taking our cues from cultural Christianity, what would happen if we just rediscover biblical Christianity? What would happen if we just threw away any preconceived ideas of what the church has to be according to what we've been told and we just went to the Bible? What if we, what if we didn't assume that we had to have a church building with a steeple? Right? What if we didn't just assume that we had to start with a youth pastor and a children's pastor and a WANA programs, right? What would happen if we just said, let's be devoted to planting a church unified around Jesus and what he says the church should be like? And so when we started, we started with just eight adults and three kids, right? Uh, you have the eight adults up here plus Chuck. I'll talk about him in just a moment. You know, stand over there. And uh, these are people that just said, yeah, we're crazy enough to, to just believe that Jesus knows better than we do, and so we're going to figure out what this means to be the church that he's called us to be. And from the very beginning, we said, we don't want it to just remain us. So that's cool, and it's intimate, and it's fun, and we all know each other, and it seems kind of safe and all that, but we want to grow. We want to go from being one missional community to one missional community per thousand people in our city. And by God's grace, we, we begin to grow. Uh, Brent and Samantha Taylor would come on board with us. They live down in northwest Arkansas. I mean, we have Steve and Gina Carpenter uh, that would hop on board almost uh, immediately, and Ryan and Libby Mason, and James and Jen Collier, who weren't married at the time, and so, but, but were with us, and Jim Jackson, and, and Derek and Taylor House, who uh, now live in, in Little Rock, Arkansas, and several others that began to come in several months after that. And uh, eventually, um, we were able to start a residency program at Fellowship Jonesboro, which is where Chuck Jeschwin comes in. Chuck was a guy uh, from the, uh, and I know I still never say your name, last name right, do I? How, how many years have we known each other? I don't know, but I never say his name right. This is Chuck. And so, uh, and Chuck, from the very beginning, was a guy that, that, that just said, man, I believe in you. Our church wants to support you. Uh, we believe that the gospel needs to be planted in, in this city and has just been a, a huge mentor and, and uh, has been such a blessing in, in, in my life. And so uh, we all kind of came together. And after about two years, or after, I'm sorry, after uh, several months, we said, let's publicly launch this church. And so two years, uh, this Tuesday, we officially launched our church to invite other people in to what God is doing. And within that time that we've started, we've gone from 11 total people in one missional community to seeing now 165 people actively involved in five different missional communities. 
In these two years, we've baptized 20 adults, and we'll baptize another one tonight. We've given away over $26,000 to missions and church planning. We started a sports ministry to give away free sporting equipment to kids that want to play sports but, but can't because they don't have the funds. Uh, we've started a clothing closet and a food pantry for foster families. We give away 15,000 pounds of food a month to people in our city. We're developing a presence in Labor Park to develop relationships with kids that don't have earthly fathers. And, and we're developing a great presence within youth sports to redeem that and build relationships with the parents and, and the kids and to provide a good experience for them and show them a picture of the love that Christ has showed us. We've seen marriages restored. We've seen people freed from addictions. And on and on we could go. Guys, God has been so gracious to our church in two years. I hope you understand that's not normative. And none of us deserve to be a part of that. God has done something in two years here that some churches never get to experience. Not because of anything we've done, but because he's just a gracious God who loves to bless people for his glory. And I want you to just know that today none of that would have been possible. The reason I want to bring them up is because that wouldn't have been possible if it wasn't for, obviously, my wife, uh, who has been very supportive from the very beginning, and these people and Chuck who said, uh, man, we're going to get behind the dream that God has given you. It seems kind of risky. We've never seen it before. We have no idea what this is going to look like, right? But, but we're going to get behind you. We're going to serve alongside you, encourage you. And be in the trenches with you. And so you hear from me all the time. Can I get that mic? That, can you turn that wireless mic on? I mean, y'all could talk into this mic if I lean in really close, but yeah, it'd be awkward fast. Um, you hear from me all the time. And so what I've just asked them to do is to take a couple minutes, uh, one from each family, um, and share what's been the most encouraging thing for them in the first couple years. And so are you going to share something, sweetie? Um, yeah, just briefly. Awesome. Great. And then you can just pass it on down the line, okay? Introduce yourself, too, in case nobody knows who you are. I'm Megan Pickney, and um, is this one? Yes. And this one? Are we on there? Okay, good. Uh, it's on. It is on? Okay. okay. I'm Megan. Hey. Cool. Um, and I, I have been able to meet most of you, but um, in case that you haven't met me, I'd love to um, I'll meet you face-to-face, -face. but um, yeah, I'm Jared's wife, and before we were married, um, there was a time that Jared came to me, and he said, I believe that God is calling me to plant a church in Paragould, Arkansas, and um, I kid you not, my reaction was, are you sure, um, do you realize how many hundreds of churches are in Paragould, Arkansas, and how, you know, very, um, you know, established churches are? And I've come to realize over the past couple of years that be, even though there are numerous um, church buildings and church bodies and uh, numerous Christians that are in Paragold, there's something really, really special about Fellowship Paragold, um, something that is um, just totally unique. And I, and I really believe that that is due to the presence of God changing lives and people in this church experiencing God's presence. Um, and I, I cannot tell you, um, I said I wasn't going to cry, but I have tissue in my pocket. Um, um, I can't tell you how deeply honored I am to be a part of this body of believers. Um, and I could talk a lot about, um, different things that have happened, different situations. I think Jared's going to elaborate on those, but I have seen God do some really amazing things, bring people into this church, provide money, provide houses for us, provide a place for us to gather and to meet and to care for our children. 
um, that have just happened in such ways that you're just blown away because you just know like the, the only way that happened was that God did that. And I, I want to give all the honor to him, but I also want to um, just say that I, I, when I look at Fellowship Bible Church, all of those of you that are here, those people that are in a missional community and even couldn't be here today, I really do believe that we see a picture of the bride of Christ. And when you think about a bride on her wedding day, you just think about someone who is so radiant and joyful and full of life and full of hope and full of happiness that you see a bride and you smile. You're happy just to see her. And I see that in Fellowship Bible Church, that this is a church that um, has experienced the love of Jesus so much that um, other people see that. Other people outside see that, and they are given life by that, and they're given joy, and they're given peace because they are able to then know this Jesus that, that we know. Um, and I, I, like I said, I want to give all the honor to um, God, but I definitely, um, I'm very honored that um, I am able to be a part of this with Jared. And I just want to say, like, I, I love each and every one of you. I really do. I feel very loved by you. But I want you to know that you have a pastor that loves you so much. Like you just, he prays for you and he loves you just unconditionally, just like a father shepherding people. And I'm, I just want to say thank you very much for being on this journey with us for the past um, two years or however long you've been here. And I hope that we just continue to grow and grow. Thank you so much. Awesome. Um, well, I wasn't going to talk, but I feel empowered. <laughs> um, uh, first of all, I remember the first time, well, I remember when Jared approached us about coming on board for this crazy adventure, and Matt and I said no. I mean, we are both <laughs> very stubborn, very just we were comfortable, and we loved where we were, but um, after months and months of praying, and we just, <laughs> it's not what we wanted. I'm just, just to be honest, mm -hmm. we were both, we, it's not, I mean, but we just couldn't resist that it's, we felt that's what we needed to do. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I told Megan that we were going to be a part of it. Uh, <laughs> I remember she cried because I think mostly we were scared. I think we were just, we didn't know she what to She was glad expect. to have another woman in the church. And also, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I can honestly say it's the best thing that we have done. Um, huh. And I'm going to pass the mic. <laughs> well, so far, they pretty much summed up what I was going to say. But um, I, I, I can't help but look around and can't believe what I can see God's done in the first um, two years uh, since we've officially launched. Um, um, but like Hannah said, um, I, by the way, I'm Matt. Uh, uh, and if you're wondering why people aren't looking at you, uh -huh. I just now remembered to post the first yeah. picture of our first Sunday together. That was our uh, first Sunday attendance. <laughs> so, anyways, go ahead. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but like Hannah said, yeah, we we weren't um, exactly all on board at first. Um, we prayed about it for several months and just felt like um, we couldn't resist the the 
the draw we had, um, despite our stubbornness, despite our being comfortable where we were. Um, and we left a great place with a lot of loving people and, uh, um, and unsure what was going to happen um, when, we, when we did. But um, it's the best thing, best two years spiritually for Hannah and I um, hmm. that we've ever experienced. Um, I, Jared pretty much summed up some of the things. I won't go into detail about, you know, all the things that we've seen, but we're just seeing, I'd say the thing that's impacted me the most is just the culture that is that is within the church. Um, you're seeing hands and feet put to what people confess with their mouths, mm-hmm. which I had um, I'd seen some of growing up, but just not to this capacity. Um, and um, just, um, it's just, it's just a blessing. It's an honor to serve with y'all. And, mm-hmm. um, and I'm glad to do so. Awesome. That's great. Thank you. Yeah, so most people, I'm Luke, by the way, if y'all don't know who I am by now. Um, so probably six or eight months prior to the church plant, God had been working in our hearts, just uh, helping us understand, growing deeper into the gospel and what it meant for us, like how do we central our lives around the gospel and what's that look like. And so we actually, before the church plant even uh, was uh, getting going, we said, all right, we're going to sell our house. We lived in Jonesboro at the time. Let's move to Paragold. And so we sold our house, moved to Paragold. Uh, specifically, we felt the Spirit leading us to Carriage Hills. And I can remember our realtor at the time, she was taking us to all these other houses. And I know, I don't care what that house has. we got to be in Carriage Hills because that's where we feel the Spirit leading us. And uh, so it wasn't long after that, you know, we're just understanding what it means to reorient our life, to live missionally and make disciples. And and Jared approaches me. He's like, hey, we're going to plant this church, and I want you on board. I need another pastor to, alongside me. And probably a little sinfully on my part, I didn't consult my wife. I was just like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm ready. I mean, cause, I mean, I just knew, like, God was going to be in this. He was going to be working. I want to be where he was working. And so I was all for it. I was all in. Let's go. <laughs> and um, there's not one moment I regret. And I'm sorry I didn't talk to you, but... <laughs> but I can't imagine, I, I, I could not, never in my wildest dreams did I anticipate what I would see God do. I mean, like, I've been a Christian a long time, and uh, I've never really experienced God like I have since, the, since this church plant. Like, his love, understanding him as a father to me, and that my acceptance before him is not based on my failures or even whether my successes, but it's based on his just love for me. Just sheer love for me. And it's so freeing. And this church just, I know it's like we start at the beginning, we said we want this place to be a condemnation-free place. We want this place where we can bring our dirty laundry and receive forgiveness and receive love and receive support. And I can honestly say, like, this place is that. I mean, people have, I, mean, I, can't, I could go on and on just even in my own heart, confessing my own sin to Jared, to my wife, to some of you guys. My mouth gets me in trouble often. And... Uh, <laughs> And just my confession to you guys, like, yo, I hope you guys know I'm a broken person, but man, I serve a great God, right. and I yeah. love Him, yeah. and I mean, He, Jesus is really everything for me, and I truly believe, mm. like, the best is yet to come. Right. Awesome. It, it really is. So, awesome. here you go, babe. <laughs> well, hello. <laughs> Did you expect to talk today? Yes. Oh, awesome. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. We practiced. Yes. Hey, <laughs> Well, um, I had a different reaction to getting involved in the church plan than Luke had. 
If you hadn't noticed, Fun Hour have pretty different personalities. <laughs> so I'm a bit of an introvert and get really nervous about meeting new people. So um, we were, the church family we were involved in at the time, I was completely comfortable with and loved being there, loved the people. And so stepping away from that, it really took me out of my comfort zone. And I don't like being out of my comfort zone. So, and, oh, this makes me nervous. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, like, I even remember crying about it some, just being, you know, worried about the change and things like that. And I also had a fear of man and a struggle with an approval model. So a fear just like, what would my friends and family think about us starting a new church and would they think you know we were crazy for starting a church not even having a building I knew we would be doing things differently and so kind of worried and feared what they would think and it's not that I was against it because um, I was really really it was something my heart was longing for it was new and fresh and and I really I really was longing for something like this but it was just getting out of my comfort zone and that I struggled with. And, but as always, God proved himself faithful. He always does. And, and he's just been blessed us over and over. And we've made some lifelong friendships that I cherish deeply. <laughs> and, and it's just been amazing to watch the thing he's done. And he has restored marriages and... And healed broken families. I'm so glad to be a part of this journey. <laughs> I get to go next. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. When you go last, everybody said everything. <laughs> um, I'm Emily Carpenter, and Ryan's actually going to talk, so I'd have to cut mine down. He usually doesn't grab a mic. Um, we all, like they said, began at the same church, and um, we start, We were looking for a church home in Paragold when Ryan and I moved back, and really couldn't find anything. Everything was too traditional for me, and I don't know for him, <laughs> but we could never agree on anything or never felt led to be anywhere where we were visiting, and so we had some friends that said, hey, come try this, and so we all ended up at the same church and met Jared, and uh, Megan and started building a relationship with them and through them, Matt and Hannah, and then later on when Donna and Luke came, uh, we were blessed with their friendship. But when Jared sent this, I started thinking back, and I was like Donna with my reaction. <laughs> I remember one Sunday morning, Ryan saying, babe, we really need to decide. Jared's asking us, are we going to go with them or are we not? Are we in or are we not? And I remember saying, you know, I just don't know about this. I don't know, things are different, and love these folks, but this is a little crazy, a little wild. You know, I'm not a traditional church person. I've grown up in tradition, but I kind of got away from that in college and liked more of a non-traditional situation, but I just don't know about this. Um, So I said, he was on board. He was like, Luke, I'm in, you know, and coming back, we got to make this decision, push. And I'm like, I'm putting on the brakes here. I don't know, you know. We need to pray about it. And after many question and answering sessions from these guys uh, with me, because I'm very, I got to know what I'm doing. Um, (laughs) That would be my father in law. Um, (laughs) um, 
finally, I think that, um, you know, we, we were led and we jumped in and so blessed that we did. Uh, thinking back this morning, I'm going to try not to cry. Too late. <laughs> I really think our journey began way before he ever asked. Jared has been an awesome person to disciple my husband, who in turn has discipled our marriage. And through meeting with a group of guys, and I don't, I know y'all were involved, and there's some other guys that didn't even go to the same church. They would meet once a week in the morning, and Ryan would come home so pumped up and so ready to share with me about what a man of God looks like. What God expects a man to be in a marriage, to a family, as a leader, as a discipler. And he was so, it just influenced our marriage so big. I can't even tell you, which is probably an oversized fight club now that I think back. Um, but anyway, through that, I think God really opened up my heart to be able to trust him and know that he was making the right decision for us. And even though I had my reservations, and even though I stepped back and said, I don't know about this, God gave that, that time with you guys to build his relationship and what a man's supposed to be to his wife and his family to allow me to trust him and know that God was doing what, what needed to be done and to lead us where we needed to go. And so I think that that's, thinking back, that's probably where our journey began, and it gave me the faith to trust him, to know that God was working in him to in turn work in our marriage, and to see the blessing. Like, I'm probably pushy, I guess, when it comes to wanting people to come here, because I so want people to know the blessing of this, and, and just to have the blessing of being able to raise our kids in an environment to where you, it's okay to make mistakes, it's okay to be yourself. But we got to point you back to Jesus. Everything points you back to Jesus. We were not raised like that. And I think it's so important now because there's so much freedom in that. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest blessings that continues in our lives. Besides y'all and just seeing all the new faces and not knowing everybody. I mean, that's <laughs> hard, but a blessing. So um, I think that's where we began. And we're glad we're on a crazy journey and been blessed by y'all awesome. right. <clears throat> I'm Ryan um, I'll keep it shorter than the rest of them <laughs> the uh, just a little bit of my background I grew up in church grew up in church my whole life but uh, became a believer a, a, a believer when I was about 24 um, then shortly after we started attending grace and um, when Jared came to us and asked us, uh, like like Emily said, I was kind of like Donna. We I was kind of I was kind of reserved about it because we were just getting established in in grace, and the we had you know a lot of friends. You know, as as sinful as that is, you know that was comfortable for me. You know, our friends went there, the Fitzgeralds, and you know, but I agree with Emily. You know, after a lot of prayer, a lot of a lot of getting in the Word and listening to the Holy Spirit. Um, Jared was a, a great mentor in my faith. He was discipling me at the time through through uh, Fight Club, and 
And I just felt like that was where God was calling us to go to serve with him. And looking back now, uh, following the Spirit was scary, but it was the right choice. And through that, I can't, I, I would have never imagined, I'm kind of a skeptic at times, and that's the devil's advocate at times, and I thought, you know, this is going to, it's going to, it's going to work, but I, I mean, God has blown my imagination out of the water. I never thought it would be this, the progress would be this advanced, and to see this many, this many faces, and see the, the people that are coming here that are feeling the love of God and the grace of God. I see it. I see differences in people's lives that I've known for since high school. Uh, I see differences in the lives of my parents, the way that they, the way they talk to each other, the way that they parent. Um, uh, and and as, as crazy as it sounds, and we all say it, is, I mean, we're a family filled with broken, jacked up people, but <laughs> we are jacked up and you know we're broken jacked up people and but i mean it's i mean this is condemnation free you know i've seen you know the mistakes that that we've made have been restored through the grace of god and it just amazes me every day and i as megan said earlier i just want to give all praise and glory to to god because i mean it's amazing You sure you want to hand it to another preacher? Dude, you got like 15 seconds. No, That's five minutes in preacher talk. Yeah. Um, man, I'm just impressed with Jesus. In Matthew 16, he says, you know, I will build my church. And, um, and, and faith in that is impressive. And thank all of you being spurring me on and just trying faith. Uh, to what Jesus called and how the Spirit individually worked in you and you followed Him. And the Scripture says, hey, give honor where honor's due. So I want to lead y'all. Everybody stand up. Stand up. And let's <laughs> thank them for their faith. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that they're not jacked up because they are and I am too. Yeah, that's right. And so uh, Jesus is the impressive one. Uh, Jared and I, Jesus says, I'm going to build my church. This is Jesus' church. Right. And when you hear church so often in the South, you, don't, you think of, you have all kind of pictures. But remember, when he says, I'm going to build my church, his church are his people. So he says, I'm going to build my people. I'm going to build my people together as this family of missionary servants. And that's mm -hmm. what he's done. And so... Probably four years ago when Jared and I met, this church began in this idea, and he shared what he shared with Megan about this future calling, and, and we began to pray. Right. And Jesus was there in those prayers. And Jesus has been there every step of the way. Jesus is in this movie theater today, Absolutely. and Jesus is also way out ahead of you. Jesus right. is so, so impressive. He is building his people. And so you are his people if you've come to know him, and the Holy Spirit lives in you. And so know that he's building you, and he wants to build you. Uh, and so just the, the thought that kept coming to me all morning was for you to respond, and your response to that is let him build you. Hmm. Let him build you closer to other family members in this church, in fight clubs, missional communities. Let him build you up uh, in a way that you receive his love and, and forgiveness and feel forgiven so that you'll have just a message to, to tell Paragool. Let him rejoice over you like Zephaniah says and just believe in that and pray when you don't believe it so that you can become messengers of this 
joy that God can put in your heart, just I don't want to Jared's main prayers, like in Samaria, there was much joy in right. that city. Right. Is there enough joy in Paragul yet? No. No. And so, okay, let Jesus build you into his people, because that's what the church is. It's the people of God, saved by the almighty power of God, and dwelt with the very spirit of God to be sent out for the very purposes of God. And so that's what Jesus is doing. Super impressed from my uh my role in this is, is to pray, coach, encourage, watch. I brought my wife and three kids and said, I want you to come see what Jesus has done because right. he is impressive. Right. Because they're not making it up. Jacked up. Okay? <laughs> That's all true. Right? And so one thing I always tell uh, people, because this is successful. This is what God is doing. This is an example of his grace and his power and his mercy. And church, don't take any credit for it they haven't right. they don't but don't take credit for it you're not better because of getting to see all this right but enjoy it thank god for it and long for more so awesome. super proud of you jared man love you, you man. i follow love you, you anywhere you know that i tell you that but i want to tell in front of you that, that i trust this guy and you need to pray it's hard i've been where he is it is hard to be the point guy all this so pray it's very hard i don't even do it anymore it's so hard okay <laughs> it's hard so can you need some prayer anyway i can That's go good, on but jesus is impressive yeah. let him build you he's at work and he's building his people in something special awesome thanks we all honor them one more time <laughs> let me see you, you got it